You think you know me. You want me! I'm right here! Linkus Mafia, welcome to another episode of Dijon's Wrestling Podcast. And of course, we're talking SmackDown, we're talking Raw, we're not talking NXT or AW because. Who's got the time? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I haven't really watched AEW that much. And NXT, I've, I've been trying to get into it. I, I think them having a crowd makes it a little more enjoyable. I'm just trying to get into some of the characters. But I'm not going to talk about it. But let's get into the A-Show SmackDown. Starting off, we have a little bit of uh, Bianca talking in the ring. And like I said, I've turned on Bianca in, in a good way. I don't actually, like, I'm not annoyed by her character anymore. She's, um, yeah, she's growing on me. I see her. I mean, she is credible. She's a credible champion. Uh, we get Seth coming out and uh, kind of like going back and forth with her, doing his heel thing. Seth still got one of the greatest laughs in uh, in wrestling. Um, then Bailey gets, I mean, sorry. Then Bianca calls Bailey. I know, sorry. Then Bailey comes out and um, they kind of start fighting a little bit. Cesaro comes in for the save, and that leads into the Bailey and Seth versus Bianca Cesaro match. A uh, good match goes back and forth. Uh, Bianca was about to get the win go with her um, oh, I forget the name of her finisher but she's about to do her finisher and then Seth comes in rolls hits them she drops her and then Bailey gets her finisher one two three with the win and uh, you know I, I like the matching the pairing of Seth and Bailey it's, it's good stuff they're both funny entertaining heels it's, it's good stuff after that we get Shinsuke he gets crowned the new king he's been wearing the king he's wearing the king he's been wearing the crown the past like four weeks but he finally gets inaugurated after he officially wins the crown and you just get to see baron in the back being all upset and uh kayla does him dirty calling him king corbin she's like oh my fault just just corbin and uh this is probably good for corbin because like i said that king gimmick wasn't really doing much for him so now he can kind of come back and reinvent himself <laughs> but it's funny all the little spots they show him just being disappointed in the back it's, it's good stuff good stuff after that, we get a Paul versus Biggie. It's a qualifier for the Money in the Bank match, and uh, they've been really pushing this this rivalry. I mean, I guess they they had other plans because they had Alistair Black there, but ever since that, I guess they don't really know what they're doing in the whole intercontinental scene with Biggie and whatnot. But they had their match. Uh, Commander Aziz gets sent out because he tried to interfere. After that, <laughs> basically as soon as he gets sent out, Biggie hits him with the big ending. One, two, three. And Biggie, his first time being in the Money in the Bank, it's, it's interesting. I guess it's because all those years he spent just being in the New Day. You can kind of say that was the same thing with Kofi, that all those times they're just doing their New Day shit. They haven't really done anything single-wise for themselves as one-on-one -on -one competitors. But anyway, Biggie, first time in the Money in the Bank. After that, we get Carmella, who gets announced by Sonya Deville just to be in the Money in the Bank. I'm not even mad about this because she's won it twice now. So it's almost like a little bit of a nod to like, hey... You, we're gonna put you in this because hey, you're the you're the one that won twice already. Liv comes out, didn't like that too much, and she's like, hey, I, I think I deserve to be in there more than Kamala. Kamala hasn't really done anything lately, which is true. And the, what uh, Sonya Deville says, you know what? You're right. So you can have a match against her if you if you want to prove it to us that you deserve to be in the match. If you beat Kamala, you can be in the match. And she ends up beating her uh, second week in a row. And of course, Kamala saves her heat by coming out and to, well, not coming, getting out of the ring and telling the commentator to call her the most beautiful girl in the world and after that we get Jimmy versus Dolph and this match is happening because Jimmy's trying to prove to Roman that he deserves he deserves to be 
trusted by him because now Jay's still gone. Another week of no Jay, and he's like, no, I can be your right hand man. Since Jay's gone, I can be. You can trust me, Roman. I can be your right hand man. So he has a match against Dolph. Again, good match. Goes back and forth. Um, yeah, I didn't. I, I thought I could see this match going either way. I was like, oh, he might. I was actually thinking he was gonna lose. I thought he was gonna lose to Dolph, and then he's gonna have to like explain himself to Roman and be like, man give me an opportunity just, I don't know, just adding a little another layer to the to the whole storyline they have going on there but he actually ends up winning off of a super kick which i didn't expect it's kind of like a surprise win and he goes to the back right before rowan's about to come out because he's gonna have his uh state of the universal championship uh like promo i guess him and Heyman are gonna come out and uh roman doesn't really say anything but Heyman says you, you did good you did good and he's, he's about to come out with them to the ring he's like mm, you can stay back here though you don't, you don't have to come to the ring with us but 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 you did good you did really good that was a good nice win for you which is pretty funny so roman comes out uh great entrance i've said it before great entrance uh hangman starts listing all the people he's beating. he talks about the fiend he talks about braun he talks about cesaro he talks about ko he talks about beating daniel bryan and edge he talks about beating ray mysterio and annihilating the raymond the mysterio it's just i love to see Heyman just list all of roman's accomplishments and then roman comes to talk Right before he talks, Heyman says there's nobody left, and everyone's kind of wondering. And I know a lot of people are thinking, like, oh, is it going to be, is this Cena? That just seems to be a little too early, because we're all expecting Cena to come for SummerSlam. So I was like, it's got to be somebody new. Who's who's going to come out, or is someone going to be from the past? Didn't really know. And then right as Roman's about to talk, you think you know me. Edge's music hits, comes out. Rome, you can see the surprise on Roman's face, and man, it was great to see Edge back. It makes... SmackDown's already been good, but now you're adding, adding Edge back to the whole storyline. It just makes it so much better. I'm excited to see Edge week to week. I don't know. I wonder if he's going to have any matches on SmackDown. Honestly, it doesn't even matter. As long as we get Edge promos on SmackDown, then that's all I really care about. Happy to see Edge back. A little awkward moment when... I don't know what went wrong there. I don't know if it was supposed to happen. Where, like, he... First of all, he came out, attacked him, speared him, was going to do the concerto. Uh, Jimmy comes out to save him, even though they told him not to come out. He spears Jimmy through the barricade and then comes back in. Uh, Roman gets uh, sneaks out of there and then Edge comes back in the ring and says, Where are you at, Roman? Where are you at? I'm right here. But Roman was at the top of the uh, <clears throat> he was at the top of the ramp. And some people were saying like, oh, he was just patronizing him, saying like, oh, where are you at? Like, get back in the ring kind of thing, not even staring at him. But other people were thinking, which I was thinking, I was like, maybe Roman was supposed to be in the back at that point. And because Edge wasn't even like, he didn't stare at him screaming, where are you at? He screamed at like the main camera, even though Roman was to his right. I don't know if it was meant to be like that or not, but it is what it is. After that, Edge goes, uh, was on Talking Smack actually, he goes to Adam Pierce and tells, not ass, he demands that he gets a title shot against Roman. And you can debate, some people are mad, like, oh, he's just, he doesn't have to earn it. And I've been on the record saying, oh, guys, don't have to earn anything. They just ask for it. In this case, Edge just demanded it. But I think my issue is, like, we, they've established that part-timers can just come back and demand a title. Especially if you're a past world champion, they've established that. But my thing is the people that are there week to week and just say, I want a title match. But then, on the other hand, you have other people that are actually having to earn the matches. It doesn't make any sense. There's no consistency there. So, I don't get it. But that is SmackDown, and uh, it was a great episode of SmackDown. I'm looking forward to next week to see what they do with Edge, who gets more, who else gets put in the money in the bank, and obviously whatever Roman and the family is doing. I wonder when the Mysterio is going to come back after getting their ass whooped. They are the tag team champion. So that being said, we'll find out on the next episode.
But before we get into Raw, I gotta talk about the Shizuki Blackheart and Jericho whole thing going on. Am I saying her name? Shazi? Shazi Blackheart and Jericho? Whatever. Anyway, there's a pay-per-view called Black... Black. Wow. <laughs> Blood and Guts. And everyone's kind of like, the ending was a little... Eh. Jericho was getting pushed off the top of like a cage or whatever. And he lands on... I don't even know what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like the... It was supposed to be like the floor. It was supposed to be just some kind of... He was supposed to land on something. And you could tell how much cushion there was under it. And the thing they landed on, it almost looked like it was cardboard. It was just... It's supposed to be this big, oh man, Jericho fell off the cage. Like, he looked kind of like Mick Foley or anyone else has been thrown off a cage. But it looked like he literally just fell on, like, a bed. And then, Shotzi Blackheart posted a tweet of someone just falling on a bed. Kind of making fun of Jericho, um, the ending of that match. And I don't blame her. It looked it looked pretty bad. Go, go look for yourself to see Jericho fall off that cage. It looked terrible. It did not look like much it literally looked like he just fell on a bed like you go into like a, a i'm gonna say cosmic adventures it's a more canadian thing if you go to any like um amusement park not amusement park any like, little play place for kids and like they jumped it's almost like a trampoline but like not really a trampoline just like he jumped back basically into a ball pit that's the equivalent of what he did and it just looked really bad and uh, <laughs> jericho tweeted back saying that she's gonna be asking for a job in AEW when WWE releases her six months from now, but I mean, her character seems to be pretty popular in NXT. I don't know how that goes on the main roster, so he might be right, but I think he's just salty, and that, that spot was, it was pretty bad, Jericho. I can't even defend it, but uh, yeah, that's all we got really in the news for wrestling. And now, let's get into Monday Night Raw, and Monday Night Raw, they start off with Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce. They're talking about how Randy Orton won't be in that main event to be the number one one of the contender to be put in the Money in the Bank match. It was supposed to be between AJ, Drew, and Randy, but for some reason, they didn't really say why. They just said he wasn't going to be there. I saw a report on Twitter, but, like, nothing really telling you. I don't know if it's an injury or if it's, like, a family thing. I, I really just don't know. I, I kind of looked into it, but didn't see anything. So, Riddle go, sneaks, well, not sneaks in, but goes in and says, hey, let me, let me be Randy Orton. Let me go in and compete for Randy Orton and if I win then he gets to keep his spot he's like it's not fair that Randy has to lose his spot so I'll wrestle for him and then if I can win that battle royal then I'll go into that match and then I'll again I will be Randy Orton and if I win then he gets to be in the money in the bank because he feels bad because that's his best friend that's his tag team partner it's RK bro I'm starting I'm starting to really like the RK bro thing I already had some hopes for it and I've been looking at it with open mind and I like the what they've been doing it for so far so it really goes into the match into the battle royale and um, long story short, it ends up being him and the returning Damian Priest. And it's just those two going back and forth. And then Riddle ends up sneaking in, sneaking up a win. And he celebrates. And the best part is that they said, hey, no, no, no. I'm not my Riddle. I'm Randy Orton. So they end up playing his music. So he celebrates to Randy's music. He does the classic, go to the top of the ropes, raise up the arms. The power goes off. He gets scared because he's not used to it. And uh, <laughs> it was just it was just good. I, I like I like that they did that. The character's supposed to be goofy, and it just goes perfect. Again, like, wasn't that stiff? That is Randy Orton. And then we move on later on tonight. So we get Nikki Cross, and she's not a, she's not a superhero. She's a superhero in training. So, or no, a superhero. What was it? What was the acronym again? Yeah, she's, she's an almost superhero. So, Ash. Nikki Ash, the almost superhero. I don't know. But, uh, you know, Nikki's, um, 
really leaning into this. Apparently, they said oh, this superhero idea was actually her idea. So everyone getting mad, like, oh, why are they doing this to her? She wanted to do this. This was her idea. So I don't know. It was her versus Shayna Baszler, kind of like a redemption from the getting pinned the week before. We get Alexa interfering in the match, and Nikki gets her. Um, she gets her W over Shayna Baszler. So. So now the Shayna Baszler fans can be even more mad. She loses into a Kabuki Alexa, and now she's losing to Nikki Cross. Ooh, not looking so great for the one of the original four horsewomen of like the fighting four horsewomen that is. After that, we get uh, Kofi and MVP. And I gotta say, I watched this whole thing of Raw. It was the first time I watched a whole thing of Raw in a long time, to be honest. Usually, I just like, watch the clips. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, I always watch the whole thing of Raw. No, but they had MVP and versus Kofi. Just in a face-to-face, not wrestling or anything. But I, I, I'm liking the way Raw is slowly going. They're kind of ramping up as they get to, towards the fans, which is good. Um, I loved everything that MVP was saying. Like, he's just being honest. All the things that I've been thinking of why I don't like the New Day. Just the fact that, like, ah, it's just... It's so goofy. It's so played out. And they're not serious. They come out throwing toast. And it's like, dude, you're supposed to be the number one contender. So, like... How does it, no one can see you as being a champion? Like at least I don't. I, I like the whole Kofi Mania thing. I wasn't looking up at the time, and I guess with with the crowd, you kind of get lost in it, and you don't worry too much about how stupid it is. And once and when other people are laughing, you kind of laugh with it too, because like maybe it isn't so bad. Maybe I'm just being a hater. But there's no crowd, and I know people are getting stale of it. Like if you're a little little kid, I get it. You're probably still into it, but like. I'm just getting tired of seeing it. And MVP was just talking about how, like, you, do, you don't take yourself seriously. Like, Woods is holding you back, this whole thing. Like, if you want to be a champion, you got to be serious. And he's right. And he comes out and comes down to the ring and said, and then Kofi acknowledges that, like, man, you've been milking that cane for, for so long. And I didn't even know if he was legitimately injured or not. And that's why he wasn't wrestling. Because he was wrestling for a bit and then he just stopped. MVP comes down. He said, hey, no, I'd, I'd fight you. I'd beat your ass if I could, but I'm hurt. Like, I got this. I got my cane. My knee hurts. And Kofi comes out. And MVP goes for the swing. He swings at his head. He ducks, hits him with a trouble in paradise. And, like, he, I don't know if he really, really knew. I mean, I'm going with the storyline. So, like, he, he knew he wasn't hurt. But, like, if so you're watching this, like, man, did he really know he wasn't hurt? What if he actually was hurt and just attacked a dude with a cane? Looked kind of wild. But he knew he was faking. So, I don't know if we're going to get, like, an MVP versus Kofi. Maybe leading up before they have this match at um, Money in the Bank. We'll see. Kind of, you know, to shut up MVP and say, yo, you got to chill out with the disrespecting me disrespecting Xavier and uh, yeah we'll see where this goes I, I think it's probably going to lead into a match maybe look at like a main event match it'll be interesting see MVP wrestle again and boy oh boy speaking of wrestle again Eva Marie doesn't she get the best gig going in WWE right now she barely has to wrestle she just comes out does her little do, talks about Dewdrop in her and um, yeah it was her and Dewdrop versus Nikki um, not Nikki, sorry, versus Naomi and Asuka, and um, it's kind of like a, re- a rematch from, from the past week, and uh, Dewdrop actually gets the W this time, she hits her with like kind of like a, a low cross body as the name was on the ground, and Eva says the one of the match is Eva Marie, and like, yeah, like I was saying, it's a good gig, she doesn't have to do anything, she's just coming out there, stands on the ropes, trying to get like these little spot moves here and there, I mean, it's basically what she was doing last time, but obviously last time she's probably wrestling more, and I know this gets the fans mad, which is why I'm, I'm invested and I want to see where they go with this. And like Piper Niven, like I don't even know much about her. I remember her in the in the May Young Classic, and it's kind of interesting, I guess. But like, is she really a character? People just like her because she's overweight, and they're just like pushing that whole thing. But I don't know we'll see where it goes. Maybe Piper Niven will surprise me. Maybe she's 
got some fire in her that I don't remember because the Mae Young classic was a long time ago. But we will see. After that, we get Ricochet into Morrison. And when I honestly, if I was heard this match was coming and I was like peak Mark and Dion, I would be going crazy because the, just the thought of these two great athletes going back to back on each other is well back to back going one-on-one against each other is, is crazy. Morrison was the most exciting dude. He's parkour back when he was like his first run in WWE when he was like John Morrison out of, of ECWs. It was great. And this match did live up to that. It wasn't a long match, but these guys had their, their high spots, their flips, their kicks, their jumping over each other. It was good. There was this cr- crazy spot where like it looked pretty wild. Like Morrison was sitting on the barricade and Ricochet hit him with a crossbody, and the way his legs flip back, like sure, there's probably a crash pad there, whatever. Shadow Jericho, but just the way he hit him was so hard, and his legs flung back. It was, it was crazy to see him fly like that. I hope we get another another match of these dudes. I wouldn't mind. I mean, they're both gonna be in the Money in the Bank, and they're probably gonna go crazy in that match. But I wouldn't mind seeing these guys go at it again. Like they could be pretty entertaining. I, I said it before, I was hate on the whole acrobatic thing when it's just like there's no like actually storytelling happening in the ring. It's just flip, 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 one, two, three, probably a quick roll up, move off the top rope kind of thing. But these guys are, uh, I, I like these two, so it's a little different. They got some character to them. It's funny because Morrison, I was, this is a little more wrestling news, but said that he's, his return to WWE is not going as expected. And a lot of people saying, like, did you not watch the product before you signed the contract? But my thing is like, I feel like you have some power to say, yo, I'm not doing this Johnny Drip Drip shit. Like, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Like, you got to have some power. You were there for a while. You got some friends. You didn't make friends with Triple H or Vince or any of those. Like, it's it's bad. It's bad. You, like, being put up with The Miz is like, I mean, at least you give them a tag team run or something. But, like, they didn't even get that. They kind of been doing a bunch of goofy, goofy-ish that bad bunny thing is probably the biggest thing that he's done since he's been back and i, I didn't get to watch all of everything his, his return but yeah it's um it's not looking the best right now hopefully maybe something after this money in the i don't know if his him and his and his him and Miz need to break up. i don't want to see him as a good guy because i don't think that could be any better but yeah i don't know maybe some separation or this gotta do something different maybe maybe Miz just be his manager for a bit and yeah I don't know. I just like to see him out of this stupid drip drip thing. And saying that, I mentioned it in the other, when I was talking about SmackDown, I feel like they're kind of like, they're slowly foreshadowing for Cena. Because I was watching NXT, and when a new popped up and against Adam Cole, he's like, what do you want? And I can't remember exactly how the promo went, but it ended up, it was him saying something about, I'm on that ruthless aggression thing, and he slapped him. John Cena-esque when he slapped Kurt Angle in his debut match. And it's not even like hella nerdy to make that pull because they've shown that a hundred and hundred times. I just watched the Ruthless Aggression like Doc and um, on the WWE Network. So like I feel like it's a little bit of short, so a little, little bit of foreshadowing Cena's coming. They've been promoting his uh, Fast 9 movie without really talking about him. Just have it in the back. And then later on in the night, R-Truth actually was talking to, um, what's his name, freaking... Ah, uh, no, 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 Jackson Riker, Jackson Riker, because he he's about to have a strap match, and he wasn't really answering truth, he's like, yo, can you, can you see me? Another little John Cena foreshadow, I don't know, I think, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, or maybe I'm just, it's just coincidence, and I'm, I'm like kind of stretching, or kind of reaching, but I don't know, I, I think that's something there, I think they're slowly foreshadowing, but now, we get to the main event, like I said, it was a pretty good episode of Raw, it wasn't bad, maybe it's because I wasn't watching it, like, rushing it, and I just got to just, like, sit and just, like, take it in, and, like, I didn't really have anything to do, so I was like, eh, I'm gonna just kind of, like, sit and enjoy this, kind of try to take what I could out of the most of it, we get Riddle, is in the match, and 
come alive. Man, did he come alive. He had one spot where he was just kicking them both back and forth, and he was just like, he was going fire, jumping out of the ring, doing flips. It was crazy. I was like, okay, I, I see why people like Riddle. I could see he's probably doing a lot of this in NXT. He's kind of like that. Uh, he's not like super small, so it's somewhat believable, and he has like that background where, like the MMA background, so he get his kicks and his sleeper holds and stuff like that, so it's believable. Um, but then he does the one spot where like he goes to kick AJ and he moves out of the way. He kicks the, the steel uh, steel steps, hurts his foot, so he has to get taken out, which makes sense because like he doesn't wear shoes, so that's the way uh, you'd have to get injured. So I was like, all right, well, Riddle's not winning then. So it just goes AJ versus uh, Drew, and it looks like he's supposed to win, get him with the calf crusher, but then Riddle returns with the bandaging on his feet, and he hits AJ with an RK, and I was like, oh, this is great. What a way to win. I actually thought he was going to win one, two, but then Omas pulls him out. He gets up, gets hit with a Claymore, and one, two, three. And unfortunately, guys, Drew McIntyre has another chance possibly to go for the WWE title. And, ah, oh, man, I know. I know that people don't like this. Like, I just see it in the comments, and it's just like, just have him go away for a bit, man. Like, he could have made God hurt, maybe at a hell in a cell. Not really hurt, but like something. Just to go. I mean, I know that Raw's struggling for talent, so that'd be kind of hard to make him go away. But just, I don't know, have him rival with somebody else. Just, like, constantly keep him in that title picture. It's very Cena-esque. And it makes me realize, like, man, why did we hate Cena so much? Yes, he was always in the title shot, but at least he was interesting. Drew McIntyre is so boring he's so cookie cutter he's literally just feels like he's a character they took right out of the 80s he comes to the ring in his his kilt his sword and he's just so corny uh, it's just really annoying i guess for little kids probably really like it but i i can't stand it yeah hopefully now it's just like it's anybody but drew basically i'm gonna be hate watching not really hate watching i'm gonna enjoy the match but it's really just gonna be any i'd rather see ricochet win riddle i don't care i don't really dislike those dudes but i don't even really see them winning i can't really see them as champion but like anybody but drew basically what it is and guys like i said that is raw and honestly not a, not a bad episode of raw honestly it was I want, I'm curious to see what, I mean, with viewership, it's not like people are like, oh, apparently Draw's really good right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch. It doesn't really work like that, but this was honestly wasn't a bad episode of Raw. It didn't feel like the same episode as last week, last week like this, like to rematch after rematch. We got some new matches, we got some new stuff. It was different. Like I said, that is it. So thanks again for listening. My name is Dijon. You can email me at dijon.lingus at gmail.com if you have any questions, and it's important that you do not forget you want some come get some